You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk Hello, this is Ben Eshmead and welcome to the King's Place podcast, a series of podcasts looking at the upcoming events at the North London venue. On this latest mini edition, I speak to Chris Brannock from Ensemble Bash, who celebrate their 20th anniversary with a concert looking at the music of John Cage. We're celebrating John Cage's 100th birthday, lucky John Cage, uh, with a series of pieces which are either by him, influenced by him, or have got some sort of link to what he's written. I mean, I was lucky enough to meet John Cage many years ago. He's an amazing man, a great influence on percussion writing in the 20th century and uh, yeah we thought it'd be useful to celebrate him in this year while we're celebrating our own 20th birthday The works that we're looking at that were most interesting in terms of percussion are the works of around the late 1930s, early 40s, where he wrote this series of pieces, the three constructions. He also wrote pieces like Amores and uh, Credo in Us around the same time, which are very intellectually written. They're written according to a very strict structure. But I think the genius of the pieces, especially third construction, is when you listen to them, you don't hear how tightly constructed they are. They sound like organic pieces of music, amazing pieces. And what sort of instruments do they use? Third construction is based around each player has a set of three drums. Now, in this score, Cage has this wonderful link between being incredibly specific and incredibly non-specific. Like, the drums are just down as toms, tom-toms, I think, whereas he specifies a northwest Indian rattle of many chambers. You know, it's a, that's, that's a bit specific. A lot of the writing is very fugal, so we've chosen slightly different drums so that you can pick out the themes and the messages they pass around the drums. Aside from the drums, we all have a set of tin cans. Again, I don't know what tin cans he was writing for in the 40s, so we have our own set. Some Two of us have um, upside-down paint kettles, and the other two have a combination of old Nescafe tins and baby milk tins. Uh, they've been with the group for a very long time. And then there's everybody has a certain number of rattles. I say there's some are specific, some are not. Um, donkey's jawbone, conch shell, large Chinese symbol, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. It's based around the drums with colouring from other instruments. 20 years on with Ensemble Bash, are you still enjoying the journey? Oh, absolutely, yeah, completely. There's two of us who have been in the group from the beginning, myself and Stephen Hiscock, and we were discussing the other day when we started, and Steve actually turned to one of the other members no longer with the group called Andy Martin, and he said to him, you know, we could be doing this in 20 years' time. And Andy said, nah, it must be ridiculous. <laughs> and here we are, Stephen and myself still there, with uh, Joby Burgess, who joined us uh, about 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, and Genevieve Wilkins, who joined, gosh, I'm not sure, five years ago, I think. Unfortunately, Joby can't be with us for this concert. He's on tour in Europe. So we've got another fantastic player called Catherine Ring playing for us. But yeah, the journey is always oh, still fantastic. Still enjoy the pieces. It's lovely. The first concerts that we did in this series back in January, was it? We played um, Graham Fitkin's Hook, which was commissioned for our first ever concert. And it's still a real buzz to play that. And Third Construction, again, we played in the first ever concert. And here it is 20 years later. It's still a fantastic piece to play. Still really exciting. And what do you enjoy now? Maybe, you know, maybe that's changed over the last 20 years. I mean, what makes you smile and what makes you kind of look forward to the next concert or the next time you meet this group of friends, I presume? 
some of it is the personalities. We're we're very different personalities. You know, we have a, a common thread, but it's a bit like you know watching the monkeys on television. Not the monkeys, double E S, not E Y S. You know, they were four distinct personalities who didn't really have a great deal in common, but enough to get a, a series going. I think the four of us have enough in common to keep the group going. It, it, so the personalities are worth looking forward to. Gosh, what do I look forward to? The challenge. I suppose. Especially as a percussionist, you get an awful lot of sitting at the back of an orchestra waiting 20 minutes for your triangle notes, and obviously there's not a lot of that in percussion writing. Uh, I've always been a bit of a show-off right from my very earliest days, and so to actually have a group where I am one of the four on stage at the front, look at me, look at me, it's tremendous. I probably enjoy concerts more than I enjoy rehearsing, but uh, (laughs) the rehearsals are a necessary evil. I was quite interested to know, as an ensemble bash, it just immediately conjured up what you're trying to do. What was the kind of genesis of the name, and, and, and did you ever have any alternative names at the time, if you remember? Oh, you're kind of cutting straight. There's somebody led you these, fed you these questions. That's great. Yeah, there were other names. We went away from any puns. I mean, there are percussion groups, uh, I won't name them, who have puns in their name, and I, I hate that. They're lovely groups, but I hate their names. Um, <laughs> uh, we were once... In the very early days, possibly going to be called Bobobo. Uh, lowercase b for the beginning, and the other, and the second one is high, uppercase because it's a dance from Africa, and we're going to name ourselves after that dance, which none of us can dance and none of us know the music to, but we would have learned it. There were other names which went round and round. The name actually came from the first letters of our names. I don't know whether it was just something in the air that made it sound right at the time. When you started off, it, it does seem that the, the musical air maybe has changed a little bit over recent years, but I, I'm presuming it was a little bit more of an unusual thing or even a brave thing to do it at the start. I, yeah, we were groundbreakers, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that. There were other percussion groups, not really in this country, there were one or two, but they were very classically based. They played serious music seriously, and they were quite almost paranoid about being taken as a joke group, which we don't mind being taken as a joke group. We, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we're serious about what we do. Certainly other groups since us have sprung up using much the same style, a lot of percussion quartets. But again, they were all quite serious and very heavy on instruments. One of the things that we wanted to do right from the beginning was cut down on the number of instruments. We didn't want this standard 10-minute break between pieces while you reset all the instruments. Turn it into a show, have the instruments set up on stage, do as little moving as possible, encourage the audience to enjoy it, and it's entertainment. Music is entertainment. It's hard enough listening to percussion music at the best of times. I remember my dad, ages ago, when I started playing percussion, said to me, is it hard to play percussion? And I said, well, no. He said, no, it's bloody hard to listen to. got there? Uh, what I have here is two of the instruments from John Cage's Third Construction, both ones that I play in the quartet, which um, you know, like I got, the, I got the comedy part. So in my hands at the moment is a conch shell, which is like a standard shell you would see on a, a display somewhere. You end up chopping the very end off so that the spiral of the shell is revealed inside, and it forms a kind of trumpet mouthpiece. It's quite loud. which is, is used as a rhythmic instrument. It has a couple of moments where it just plays long notes, but that is one of the themes to get highlighted just at the end of the piece. It's a great climax. Wow, fantastic. The other I have is a donkey's jawbone, 
which rather confusingly says made in Peru on the side of it. I didn't make it. It is from Peru. It's um, quite a large jawbone. It's about 12 inches long. And the molars, for the dentists amongst you, maybe premolars, I'm not quite sure about my terms, stay in their sockets for some reason. I'm not quite sure how that is. I think it's the way the jaw is constructed. They're not glued in in any way. But they're, they're loose, so that when you hit the jawbone on its cheek, the whole thing rattles like this. So that's, that's what a donkey's jawbone sounds like, which I'm sure you've always wondered. That was Chris Brannock from Ensemble Bash talking about Ensemble Bash at 20 Part 2 Cage at 100, which takes place on Monday the 7th of May as part of the Out Here series of concerts. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For full details about this or any other event, please visit our website, kingsplace.co.uk. Tickets for all events are available from as little as £9.50 online. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk